0: Psychology Systems Limited are the leading provider of radiotherapy ancillary equipment in the UK and Ireland. Serving the community for over 22 years, we pride ourselves on exceptional service and quality products. Please take a moment to visit our website www.osl.uk.com and take a look at our product lines, which include Macromedics for patient immobilisation and IBA dosimetry for all your radiotherapy quality assurance needs. We are more than happy to take your questions, so please do get in touch via our website or email inquiry at osl.uk.com and one of our specialist team will be available to assist you. Hello everyone mm-hmm. and welcome to RATCHAP. We're at UKIO Liverpool 2022. Um, my name is Naaman John Galdeson and I'm joined with my co-host Joe McNamara.
1: Hi everyone. So we have another wonderful guest for you. Would you like to introduce
0: yourself, please? Uh, so, hello, my name is Dr Nick Woznitzer. I'm a consultant radiographer and clinical academic. See,
1: I'm glad you said your surname, because how I have seen people pronounce your surname, I would not want to be that person
0: to well, get that wrong. My mum was a primary school teacher, and so you can imagine a group of year two and year three kids, what, like eight, going, where, uh, Mrs. Was? Yep, yeah, we'll lie with that. We're cool. We're cool.
1: So Nick, uh, we've been wanting you to come on the podcast for quite a long time. You've invaded us until now and we've literally captured you in a glass box at UKIO.
0: Exactly. Captive audience, but glad to be here. Yeah.
1: So do you want to tell the audience who you are and what you do?
0: So I'm a diagnostic radiographer. I trained in Australia, uh, came over to the UK for a working holiday in 2005.
1: A working holiday? Working holiday.
0: It does. It's a a working holiday visa. I had an 18-month to two years, will come to England, earn pounds because it's better than the Aussie dollar, see Europe and then go home.
1: And you stayed? I
0: have. It's been either the best holiday in the world (laughs) because I'm up to 17 years. But I don't think I've ever worked quite as hard on any other holiday as I have otherwise. So I think I'm here to stay though.
1: So what is it that you do day in, day out?
0: So one of the, I think the fortunate thing or one of the lucky things that I've been able to arrange has been every day is different. So I have a part-time clinical appointment where my role is reporting x-rays. I also lead a team of reporting radiographers. I have an academic contract which gives me time to research, time to teach on postgraduate programmes. I also do some work with HEE running a regional radiographer reporting programme and ST1 training programme for X-ray reporting. I say also gets to do some work with NHS England London looking at enhancing the role of radiographers through enhanced and advanced practice, centred mainly on reporting but also recognising the uh, contribution to high volume procedural work for example vascular access ctc uh, upper gi fluoroscopy so it's really it really is a portfolio that allows me to concentrate on lots of really cool and exciting things while being on holiday while being on holiday <laughs> my 17 year holiday is still counting i'm uh, yeah still waiting for a little bit of time off though to be honest with you. but
1: that is a lot of roles isn't it how do you juggle not only your calendar but your
0: time so Part that I think is the fact that although it's good in that I've either got four jobs or I've got four bosses, and I don't know, everything is swings and roundabout, but I think one of the things has been that the themes have sort of very much merged. So if I was a painter on Monday, a taxi driver on Tuesday, and a butcher Wednesday and Thursday... It would be hard to try and integrate and blend each of the skills and the roles and the contributions from a Monday to a Tuesday to a Thursday. But lots of my academic work, lots of my clinical work, lots of sort of the work within HEE or NHS London is all around radiographer reporting and enhanced and advanced practice roles. So there's very much a synergy where I'll report an x ray on a Tuesday morning and either the learning I've taken from the XR of wow that's a great CPD case or I'm not quite sure that we are reporting this in the best way or with the best systems how are we looking at referral pathways then feeds into my academic hat which is wow I can either a use this as a great teaching case or B that's a sort of that clinical academic thing of I'm answering my own clinical question in my academic role which means that I can then start generating some of the evidence of what should happen or could happen, or sometimes what shouldn't happen, because actually it doesn't work a lot of the time. And then feeding into the HGE role is looking at, okay, so we've got this sort of the educational underpinning required for reporting radiographers and trainee radiologists. We've got access to the cases. We've got the framework around service delivery. How can we optimize training for London? And we've centralized some of the tutorials for the chest and MSK reporting uh, programs. And then feeding into the operational hat, which is looking at London, we know that we don't have enough people to do anything. How do we optimise the workforce? Cool, all right, well, let's try and increase the numbers of reports by radiographers. Let's try to have more universal acceptance and rollout of uh, vascular access by radiographers or upper GI by radiographers. And so it's all, although they are sort of different roles, it's very much a thread running through all of them, which is how can radiographers improve patient care? Wow, just trying to take all that in, that's quite a lot. Um, there's something else amazing that you did and that was through COVID. You were quite an integral part of the response here. Can you tell us a bit about that as well? Yeah, that's scary times. I can remember getting a call from Suzanne Rastrick very early on saying, can you talk, are you private? And sort of getting the lowdown of what was sort of planned, for what was at the time Operation Nightingale. Um, so that was really intimidating, if I'm honest. I'd never been to the XL before. And walking the length of the excel and just seeing everything being turned into beds just the sheer scale was quite daunting Pe- you know that sort of times of crisis people pulled together it was a very diverse and large team looking through all of it so that was sort of important but some of the other things was we published a paper i think it was submitted on about the 28th of march with um arjun Nair and sam Hare through the bsti Around how radiographers can identify COVID on chest X-rays, we know that it was—it's not only a respiratory disease, but chest X-rays formed one of the sort of the real pillars of investigation, especially in the early stages where there was sort of limited uh, viral testing capacity. Um, and that was, yeah, I think submitted on the 28th of March and published online in early April, with the hope of showing radiographers what it is, what it could be, what it wasn't. In order that patients may be triaged and managed appropriately not only for their own well-being but to try and help cohort patients for the staff um we also published a study led by a respiratory prof at cambridge looking at uh, pneumothorax and pneumomediastinum in covid i think that has been cited 250 times in 18 months and seeing the impact that that sort of a radiographer contributes to research to something on that scale was not what anyone you know when someone said do you want to participate in this case series yeah you know we've got a few you know this might really help and then to find 18 months later yeah like nearly 250 citations is yeah crazy I think
1: it will never go back to that speed of publication you know it, it almost took a pandemic in a way didn't it to almost take down some of the barriers to producing high quality publications
0: so I think part of it is around the single focus so when you have the entire world focused on managing one problem the speed of collaboration the speed of publication the fact that you are again although doing lots of different roles within that you are focused on the same outcomes and so that was required at the time but how do we start then catching up with miss screening uh, breast cancer screening mammography appointments? How do we start doing that? So I think it was an appropriate response. It was a phenomenal response, but I don't know whether that is overly sustainable because you've only got so much capacity to be able to do all of these things. And I think... So, yes, that was great, but it's definitely back to the old days because we submitted a paper on the 16th of May and we are now still waiting for reviewers to be assigned. So the meantime to, meantime to First decisions 14 days. I'm sitting at nearly six weeks and I still haven't got one reviewer assigned. So um, I think we are... Nature is healing. <laughs> kind of where we are with the pandemic now I suppose do you think you've had time to process everything you talked about being daunted at that beginning whereas now we're not wearing masks anymore for example how yeah. do you think you've processed it all in that time have you had time um, I think at first no I think I had uh, sort of two weeks off between uh, Nightingale and, and sort of back to normal which I think yeah, you only start really and this is of all radiographers we have been even pre-pandemic We were working in a stressed and strained system, be it diagnostic radiography, be it therapeutic radiography. And I think the initial intensity of, we have literally the whole health service is a COVID service. We are doing urgent, we are doing COVID, and we will make people as safe as we can. But the problem when you start looking at the, you know, even just the adrenaline responses of, you know, can you work 70 hours a week? Well, of course you could for a week. Can you do that for a month? probably not, Yeah, and you start looking at it, and part of the problem is, is that we've, almost, we've lurched from wave to wave, and people haven't had this decompression time, they haven't had a time to really, truly step away and take stock, because annual leave's being canceled, flights are being canceled, I hadn't, luckily I saw my dad in January, he went back the end of January 2020, bye dad, see you in April, And it was last week of January, 2022, before we saw each other again. We're not the only family separated by 18,000 miles. And even people not seeing their relatives 10 miles down the road, because there was no family bubbles at first. There was no, everyone's had this really intense experience. And of course you would say, so take the time you need, heal. But this is, you know, the. I don't like the aviation and healthcare analogies because they're not, they're not comparable. This is like saying you've run your aeroplane really hard for two weeks. Let's take it out of service, give it some downtime, we'll check everything over, we'll take the time to replace the parts we need to. We are fixing the aeroplane while it's flying from London to New York full of people. And that's, I think, where we are.
1: So you did mention your dad. I love your dad. I've had the privilege of meeting your dad. I'm sure it's an experience you won't ever forget. Um, we won't go into
0: that. But um, why was your dad in the country recently? Oh, so my so my dad left, and so on. I was awarded an MBE in the ne- in the Queen's New Year's Honours List, which was not exactly the end of my two-year working holiday visa that I had ever planned. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so um, Dad came over for January. As soon as he could get out of the country, he came over. It was really lucky that he was able to, and he's retired, and that was fine. Um, and we got the letter saying, You know, there's a massive backlog. You're going to be ages for your ceremony. And Dad's like, I'm coming for your ceremony. He left on like the 2nd of April, the 5th of April. I had a, a letter saying, Hi, your ceremony's on the 4th of May. And so I got to go to Buckingham Palace and get presented by Prince William. And so Dad was like, proper made up. Like, we were all like, really made up. And then. That week also happened to coincide, coincide with a dinner at my university Canterbury Christchurch University where we were celebrating the MBE and that was great and then my fellowship also happened to be on that Friday. So within 10 days of my dad being in the country, he'd been to Buckingham Palace, <laughs> the Priory at Canterbury Christchurch University and the SOR gold medal and fellowship award ceremony which you met him at. So. Yeah. The expectation of me taking out dad next time he comes over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never, you will never beat that, never beat that. Be I have to say, your dad was just so proud of you. As I think actually, talking from the profession, I think we all kind of give you a pat on the back and cheer you because actually it is testimony to the work that you do and just, I think we see you very publicly on Twitter and at conferences and really promoting the profession
0: but I know that the student radiographers you are someone inspirational and that people look up to, yeah I know this. I know right. Especially when you've been on a working holiday visa for this long. I know right. This what you do when you go on a good holiday. Yeah I'm now legit, (laughs) I am now actually let, it's not a hostile environment I'm also a British national now but yeah, no, I think it's it's funny how things turn out I think is so, so if, if you mentioned undergraduate students my advice is don't say no to anything but not in a I never none of my career has been overly planned I knew at some point I wanted to do some research and that was sort of within my undergraduate my third year I knew I thought I will do some research at some point but even then falling into a PhD because I started a masters and the opportunity came to, to do that and it's like, wow, that's cool, of course, yeah, like, roll with it, run with it. But it's not just focusing on work either, it's appreciating that, roll with opportunities, but sort of also take time for your loved ones. So I've uh, got an amazing wife and two kids, and it's making sure that what I'm saying yes to is impactful to me, and it's not necessarily the biggest or the best or the whatever, it's just that the targeted thing that I'm doing allows me time to also see my kids grow up my, I've got a five foot two, eleven year old daughter um, you know she's grown up very quickly um, but yeah just take the opportunities and even my postdoc research I had finished my doctorate I thought you know I will put another grant in sooner or later I think it will be looking at sort of it was going to be radio for commenting internationally around sort of the red dot or radio for comment nope ended up doing a, um, a GPX ray reporting trial and it's just like none of it's been overly planned but it didn't mean that i thought i'd sort of had some sort of vision of what i wanted to do but i didn't hold so steadfast to my plan that you were almost blinkered to be able to go oh this sounds like a cool idea and you are a yes man we love that about
1: you you so thank you so much nick for joining us and uh, hopefully you'll come on for a full hour where
0: you're not maybe in so much demand. I would, oh, an, an hour, coffee. We can either do it in the morning for a coffee or a beer in the afternoon. But absolutely, uh, can't wait to come back. <laughs> thank, thank you, you, you lots for having me. <laughs>